Creating your own reality. Is it possible for me? I am Jennifer Cahill, the Consciousness Architect, and I am here to tell you that it's not only possible, it's closer than you might think. Welcome to the show. Today, we have a special guest with us who actually does energy work herself, Lisa Tahir, who I'm going to read to you about here in a moment. And in today's show, we're going to explore energy in all of its forms and specifically the consciousness of energy and talk to Lisa about some of the work that she is doing in the world. Lisa Tahir is from New Orleans, Louisiana, where she became a licensed clinical social worker in 2000. She then expanded her practice to Los Angeles, California in 2014 and attained her second LCSW license in California in 2016. Additionally, she is certified in EMDR Level 1, Reiki Level 2, and as a thought coach through the Institute for Transformational Thinking in Los Angeles, California. Lisa has a private office, location, and residences in both Louisiana and in Los Angeles, and she lives in both cities with her cats, Jiggy and Baby. Lisa is passionately committed to working with people to help them heal through all the senses of the body, utilizing intuition, therapy, energy healing, meditation, Reiki, yoga, and so much more. She is a regular speaker on topics including psychoastrology, spirituality, emotional health, physical health, and mental well-being. And Lisa, thank you so much for being here with us today and all the ways energetically that you're showing up. Jennifer, thank you so much for having me on Conversations for Consciousness. I'm so happy to be here. Yes, thank you. And for those of you wondering why we can't see Lisa's face, her energy was just too big to be contained by the video. So we thought it would, I say that jokingly, there were some technical uh, delays. And so we opted, we wanted to get her (laughs) to you as easily and quickly as possible. So we opted to do the show this way today. So that way you can still receive her wisdom and Google a picture of her if you'd like. So that way you can connect to her energy as we do this today. So Lisa, I, I love your background, clinical social worker, energy healer. Talk to us a little bit about how it was you came to meld and bring all of these skills cohesively together to what you do today. Sure, I'd love to. And what I've discovered, Jennifer, is that my personal growth is mirrored in my professional practice with clients as a therapist. And it's been really exciting as I look back and reflect upon being in the middle of those shifts and transitions and changes, how going out to Los Angeles in 2014 really woke me up to and and put me in front of healers and practitioners of so many varied ways that were unfamiliar to me, like Reiki healing and energy healing and sound baths and awakening one's intuition and how to channel source energy and, you know, just all these terms that I had never heard of formally, but I recognized I had been doing all of these things, except for the formal Reiki training in my private practice of psychotherapy and not knowing that there were words for it, not knowing that I was clear audience and clear sentient, meaning having clear hearing and clear sight and being aware 
of people's issues often when they just sat down in front of me and not knowing how that could be or that they were there was actually terminologies for that. And so I started taking intuitive development classes in Los Angeles and really plugging into the the beautiful practitioners and and methodologies there to to just get more accurate and clear you know and and being able to offer this now with the people I work with and and direct and leading my life that way yes as a fellow devotee of energy medicine and energy healing i am a huge advocate of it and i think that the beautiful thing you're touching on lisa is to varying degrees, we all have this capacity for all of the clairs you mentioned, clairsentience, clairaudience, and so on and so forth. And so let's talk about the practicality of that. Why does this matter? Why would clairaudience or clairsentience matter? And how would we even know if we have that capacity within ourselves? Okay, I love this conversation and question because it's one of my favorite things, Jennifer, to share with clients and friends. Like, oh my gosh, you have these internal abilities to discern and distinguish and like decipher, I think is the best word, um, that your emotions and the, your body awareness and what it's trying to tell you about taking directions and turns and making decisions every day in your life that we all, like you said, have this power and ability. And I found that often we're taught to override it. Like you have a vibe, literally a vibe, which is a vibration. We are all emanating vibrations that can be measured in units, hertz, and you don't have to know all the science behind it to recognize a moment where someone approached you and either you felt really drawn to them in a wonderful way, or you felt like, ooh, you wanted to keep a distance. Yeah. And you weren't sure why. And often we're taught, I know I was taught, you need to be kind to everyone and be open to everyone. And I think there is a degree of truth to that. We, we definitely can be compassionate and authentic and kind, but if we feel like something or someone is not for us, it's okay to move along in your path and not having to have the reason or have it make sense to really learn, to listen to that inner intuition and guidance and the little voice in your head, it's called often, and we all have it, right? Like, and it's really tuning into that voice and also discerning because I grew up in a family where there was there was some trauma, there was some abuse I had to heal from. So the voice in my head wasn't always encouraging and loving. It was critical, like the messages I was told. So my first step was to heal that inner voice so that she is more loving and supportive because I found myself mistrusting of people earlier on when I was younger, because it wasn't necessarily safe to trust in my family of origin. So we have this filter system. First, we have to kind of clean it is how I imagine this. We have to clean our own filter and do our own healing so that when we get a message that maybe this person isn't for me, it's really from an authentic place of this is in my highest good. This is loving versus I'm fearing, you know, and pushing away the love I want. Because as you know, I'm sure, you know, love and intimacy requires being vulnerable and that most certainly can feel scary. So I think it's a really delicate balance of listening and honoring ourselves and also allowing other people to show us who they are and being willing to go down that path of trust and intimacy. And I'm curious what you think about about this. Yes. Great question, Lisa. You are hitting on my favorite topic in return. So I think we are kindred sisters and spirits on this note. 
Uh, for me, I similarly went through trauma and life experiences as a human being. I, I, I highly doubt that you can go through being a human being and remain unscathed in the form of trauma. It's part of our natural human progression. In fact, I was just playing for a friend of mine a song the other day from Andy Grammer called I Wish You Pain. And my friend looks at me and gives me side eyes. She says, Jen, why would somebody write a song called I Wish You Pain? And interestingly, from what I understand, he wrote it for one of his children. And as you listen to the song, he says, I wish that people break their promises. I wish that you get heartbroken. And you might kind of be wondering, well, why would you wish that? It's because in those moments of the breakdown, in those moments of the trauma, <laughs> that we're able to expand our capacity to love more. And that always starts with ourselves. So to highlight your point, Lisa, when we talk about the little voice inside our head, I personally like to think of it as there's the voice that's inside of our head that's the person on the megaphone who might be saying, you suck, you're not good enough. Any myriad of things that you might have heard as a child or in your youth. And then my favorite thing is that still very soft, almost a whisper voice that comes from the heart. And depending on your spiritual background or whatever feels right to you, you might call that soul. You might call that heart. You can call it whatever you like. And it's that voice that when we learn to how to balance and have that harmony with that loud megaphone voice that sometimes tells us we're not good or is unkind to us, and really hearing our true worth from our heart. And only recently, Lisa, in the last few weeks, I began studying with heart math. I adore heart math. Oh, yeah. Yes. I, I love them. Dr. Roland McCready is a friend of mine from heart math. And so I took one of their classes and I didn't realize that our heart has its own neurons and short-term and yes. long-term memory and sends signals to the brain. So the greater the heart-brain coherence and the greater we create harmony between that ego voice and the soul or heart voice, the greater our capacity to love, to be, and to exude the light that we came here as human beings to exude is my personal two cents. <laughs> I love that because yeah, you just said a lot in a in a really beautiful way. And I think, you know, being a therapist, I feel like my mission and purpose has has shifted a bit. And it's really about helping people tap into their own inner knowing and really understanding you listening as a client, for example, what that feels like in your own body, how you know it's your intuition speaking, when you know it's your inner child, for example, when you might feel fearful or confused that that's your inner child wanting some of your attention and how to talk to that part of yourself. And meditations become a favorite practice in my life, Jennifer, in the last five years. And I used to think I couldn't concentrate or focus. And, and I learned it's really about the time you schedule with yourself and with the universe. If it's five minutes, 10 minutes, that's not as significant as that you're consistent. You show up for yourself and life starts to show up for you in these really magical ways because you carve out this time that you might even doubt means anything, but, but you do it. It's a commitment, you know, to sit there and just say, thank you. Sometimes it's in the morning, just gratitude for the day, for having an opportunity to, to start again and pick up the things that I left yesterday. And, you know, so I encourage any of you listening that 
to try to take the first minutes of your morning for yourself and with the universe, with whatever you believe to be true. Consciousness to me is energy. And whether you're of secular belief or or more spiritual belief or religious belief, that to take time with that energy that is around us and see what unfolds in your life as a result. You just reminded me of something so profound, Lisa, which is a testimonial for you and for all of the magical, incredible, wondrous energy healers out there doing the work that you are so arduously doing to bring more light to all of us, the inner child, the self-work, the meditation. Just the other day, we had a friend of mine who uh, was using an energy healing platform. There's a company called the WBI.org, the well-being initiative that a friend of mine, Shakti Durga created that offers free energy healing to those who can't afford it. And my friend shared with me the other day, Jen, for as long as I can remember, I've been waking up and without even realizing it, I would scream in agony. The pain was so bad. And she said, after just five sessions with, you know, working with one of these energy practitioners, it completely shifted my life. And now when I open my eyes, instead of screaming in agony or pain, I actually am open and receptive and grateful to be alive. And it's like, wow, the difference that you're making, Lisa, and that other energy practitioners are making it really just opens my heart wide to know that we all deserve that. There is no reason that we need to spend our lives in pain. And I want to backtrack for a moment to what you tied in earlier about inner child work. I I was laughing, as you said, you know, sometimes if you're getting frustrated or, you know, upset, it's really your inner child saying, Hey, remember me? I'm the little one you forgot about. And I kid you not, Lisa, if I forget to do my inner child work, I do it typically right after uh, meditation. And if I forget, it'll be two o'clock or noon, and I will throw a tantrum. As a 40-year-old woman, I'm like, you suck. And, And then all of a sudden, I have this moment of conscious awareness where I'm like, Oh, and then I immediately check in, sweetheart. I'm so sorry. Did I forget yes. to check in? And she is literally like, You suck. You forgot all about me. And what if we were able to realize that when we're dealing with, a, not even dealing with, when we're in communication or in relationship with someone else who's angry, upset, frustrated, sad, Imagine them as that little boy or girl or them or they who are struggling in that moment. And when we see them as that young child version, instead of the 30 or 70 year old adult we might be dealing with, that increases our capacity for compassion, not only for ourselves, but also for the other, right? It does. Definitely seeing yourself as the younger one that you were can help you tap into compassion and empathy for yourself as well as for others. When people do things and and it's it's hurtful and confusing, it's often helpful to to see them as the little child they once were and didn't get their needs met in a way that allowed them to show up differently for you. And I think to just know that in your mind can help soften the irritation, the anger and the hurt you may feel, and then to give that to yourself in that moment. I'll say something like, oh, Lisa, I'm so sorry you went through that. I'm so sorry that happened. I'm so sorry she said that to you. I'm so sorry. And it can help to attune to that part of your inner self 
to soothe because sometimes we may get the apology, which is wonderful from another. And sometimes (laughs) we may not. So it's important to give it to yourself. So true, Lisa. I completely concur with that. And I think you also hit on another really important point, Lisa, which is identifying how we're feeling in the moment. I think as a society, we've really, at least in Western cultures, been taught that you power through it. If you're feeling sad, you dust yourself off. You're feeling angry, you suppress it. And what one of my teachers taught me several years ago is that you don't just acknowledge I'm feeling angry or I'm feeling lonely or sad. You actually choose the emotion. And that in that moment, if you say, I choose to feel anger, I choose to feel lonely, that that emotion can then process and move through your being in as as 90 seconds, rather than prolonging over months or decades or lifetimes, right? Because you're not resisting it. (laughs) You're allowing, you're allowing the emotion like a wave or a cloud to pass through you. Yes, 100%. So so let's talk about resistance. I think this is really important and topical for right now, what a lot of us are going through as human beings on the planet. Many of us might be resisting the financial climate, the the things that are happening health and wellness-wise on the planet. There seems to be some of this resistance. So what tools do you offer your clients, Lisa? Or what tools would you recommend to help to embrace rather than resist the things that we struggle with in life? As you're saying that, Jennifer, the the thought that passed through my mind was, you know, I'll say I surrender this resistance to what's happening, whatever that happening is with a person, with an issue in our world and our society. I I surrender this resistance I'm feeling around this topic, this person. And and I'd really like some clarity. I'd really like to feel my own peace around this. Show that to me. And and even in that releasing and that in that turning over of my resistance, of my confusion, I, I really see it being transmitted to the universe in this energetic way. Like I might see a color, like my resistance might be say yellow and I'm handing it over to these loving arms in spirit. And I I allow that to like, like come out of my body into that space outside of myself. And I notice immediately I'll feel some peace. And I don't know if you listening, if there's something in your life right now, I invite you to just close your eyes and think of that situation and then saying within yourself or out loud, if you can, I surrender my resistance about this. I surrender my confusion into the loving arms, the all-knowing universe who loves me. And I ask you to take care of this for me in every detail. And I release it from my body. Sometimes that's physical pain you might be having. So release wherever in your body might be tight or in pain. Just I surrender this pain to you. And I'd like solution to come in its place. I align, I choose to align with the solution mm-hmm. of this situation. And I declare that of this only good shall come to me. Mm-hmm. And I ask to know that right now. Ugh, and just like breathe that out and notice what happens the rest of today, tomorrow. And I find that to be helpful, Jennifer. Yes. Thank you so much, Lisa. You just gave me access to something, you know, in our lives as human beings, we're going to have resistance naturally. And it's in the resistance that the suffering occurs. 
as Thich Nhat Hanh, who just, of course, recently mm-hmm. passed away, who we love. I loved his book, mm-hmm. uh, No No Death, No Fear, I think, or something along those lines, among many of the other beautiful books he wrote. And it's a, yes. in the letting go of the resistance that freedom happens, that we have freedom of spirit, freedom of consciousness, and it takes bringing our awareness to the fact that there is that resistance. We can't transform, or even like you said, I loved the example you gave of the color and giving it a color and imagining handing it off to the greater good or the greater wisdom of the universe. And you can't even do that until you first bring the consciousness that there is something that you're resisting. Yes. And I like that, the greater wisdom of the universe, because some of these things that I turn over on a daily basis, it might be the same topic every day. That's okay to do that. That doesn't mean, you know, even if you're on repeat about a certain issue or topic, these patterns are are our orbit, our frequency that we habituate daily. And it's okay if you need to turn it over 10, 20 times a day. And it helps like for that, for that wisdom. I want to see this as you do. I want to have some deeper insight and understanding. So I soften in my own body, this resistance, this frustration, this confusion, this anger, because it's our body that resonates then with those emotions that can start cause us to have heart issues. If there's a lot of anxiety that you experience or fear, you know, and, and living in into greater wellness and well-being and peace. I think movement is important as well, Jennifer, to to walk, to exercise, to do something your body loves from that place of I love doing this, I want to do this. And if you don't know what that is, to experiment with that. Ask your body, tell me what you'd like to do. Seriously, because our body is going to talk to us and let us know. Mm, yes, I remember years ago on, I think it's called Daily Om, there was a chakra dance, your way to health class. And it was so fascinating. Oh, yeah. oh it's so much fun. I remember at one point, though, I was so stuck. I think it was in my sacral or solar plexus that I almost threw up because as I went to move that part of my body that had that stagnant, swampy energy, it really took a surrendering and a letting go and transformation that allowed it to move out of the body and open up for something new to arrive. Absolutely. So Lisa, I would love it if you could share with everyone out there, what is perhaps one takeaway or some piece of wisdom that you would love to leave the audience with as far as something that they could take out into their world, aside from all of the beautiful tips that you've already given us today? Thank you. I would love for our listeners to know just how valuable you are. I was recently uh, fortunate to give a lecture at Columbia University to their mind-body class, the master's program, and it was such an honor and delight, something I've I've had on like a vision board in my mind to speak at the university level at, and especially an Ivy league university. And when I meditated upon preparing, you know, what, what do I share with these students? What's really important for them to know. And it just came to me so clearly to say to yourself. So I'm going to share this today for you listening to say to yourself, close your eyes, write it down somewhere. I am the most valuable person in this universe. And to really let yourself sink in, notice if it's like, oh, what? Or if it's like, yeah. And just to really meditate upon, I am the most valuable person in this universe. And then add to that once you're really feeling it. And so is the person next to me. Mm. And I spoke about how if we really deeply felt into that, 
each day, we would show up differently to even strangers in the grocery store, to our loved ones, to ourselves. So I would offer that each day you take time and adapt the phrase as it has meaning for you, how valuable you are in this universe, regardless of what you've done or not done, how much money you make or don't, none of that matters, that your energy, your value, your heart is what matters. And to really just take time with that and and considering all of the others next to you and just see how that shifts and changes your Mm -hmm. life. Really, really, truly remarkable, Lisa. And this leads me to my next question. Where can people connect with you? If people want to find out more about you, more about the incredible work, we obviously have your website up here, nolatherapy.com, which, and you also have the All Things Podcast. Where else would people go to connect with you? Sure. I would love to be connected with you on social media. I'm at NOLA Therapy, N-O-L-A, T-H-E-R-A-P-Y. It stands for New Orleans, Los Angeles Therapy on Instagram, YouTube, and Facebook. And my podcast is All Things Therapy that I'm going to have you on. <laughs> and I'm, I would really love for to connect with people there. My focus there is to change consciousness one conversation at a time, like we're doing. And it's just about exposing myself and others to new ways of thought, of living, of being, encompassing just all of the areas of our lives. So I'd love to to connect with you through NOLA therapy. Thank you, Lisa. Thank you so much. Again, Lisa Tahir has been here with us today on Conversations for Consciousness here on Awake TV Network. And so thankful to each of you for tuning in and sharing your heart, sharing your listening and opening up your soul, your spirit, whatever you choose to call it, to whatever wisdom was meant to resonate with you. My intention is that each and every one of you perhaps glean some little piece of wisdom that you can take away with you out into your day, your week, your month, and your year. And as I mentioned in the beginning, I am co-founder of OM-Heels, OM-Heels.com. And if you're fascinated by this idea of energy medicine, certainly reach out to Lisa, who is an incredible therapist. And if you want to see who you want to custom match with, you can go to om-heals.com, answer our matching questions, and you'll be sent three matches. And you can choose if you want to work with any of those matches. We'll tell you a few insights about yourself as well, and it's free to receive the initial matches. So we look forward to receiving any questions you might have as well. And so deeply grateful for your time, your listening, and for Lisa, for bringing your spirit and your heart to the show today. Thank you so much for joining us. And thank you, Jennifer. Thank you so much. Love and blessings to everyone. Thank you so much for joining us today for another episode of Regarding Consciousness with Jennifer K. Hill. We would love it if you would take a moment and write a review for us or rate us on Apple Music, Spotify, Amazon, or whatever your favorite podcast platform is. And if you'd like to stay in touch and find out about upcoming events with some of the amazing guests we've had on the show, like Deepak Chopra and other world thought leaders, feel free to join my email list at metabizics, M-E-T-A-B-I-Z-I-C-S, Dot com. Again, that's metabizics.com. And you can go ahead and join our email list there. Thanks so much. And we look forward to having you join us next week.